Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hey, this is Donna Hetzler filling in for my good friend Angie Austin, who has gone this week getting tan in the sun. Uh, she had sent me a video of the kiddos, um, her little girls, Hope and Faith, on inner tubes being pulled behind the boat. They're on a houseboat, just having a great time doing their tour of America. Right. And I wonder if they got whatever the 16 pounds of bacon that Riley wanted. Yeah, that's right. That. That's a that lot like of a bacon. Lot. <laughs> well, the way he was dancing on that boat in the video I got, then I'm sh- pretty sure he has plenty of bacon. Yes, I think so. I think he was pretty happy about that. So here today with my good friends, Michelle Betts and Cindy Everett. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. It's great <laughs> to be here. I know. Can you believe it's August? Oh, my oh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. No. And I was just saying, it kind of feels like a little cool out there, like falls in the air. Yes, earlier in the week we were talking about, no, don't let summer slip away. Fall it is feels in the like air. it's, I can feel it. Yes. I can feel it in the mornings when I walk. Especially in the mornings, yes. Mm-hmm. But seasons are good, right? Changes, changes I like, in the I air. love that about Colorado. Yes. I love that we have seasons. I love that we have the seasons, too. I just want fall to hold up a little bit because <laughs> I'm not quite ready. Well, it is and only see, August. Yeah, I mean, that's we right. We a little while. We got yeah, some time. But but like so when we used to when we used to come home to visit my family, we'd come home from Europe, and I remember like sometimes one time I swear it was like the second first in end of the first week of August and like everything turned like overnight. Right. Sometimes in Colorado it's slow. Like last year I had my geraniums looking real good in October. Yes. And then other times it's like mid August. Nope, summer's done. It's like it's a wrap. And so you just can't <laughs> tell here. And that's the problem. I'm, I'm scared. Like, I, I really need some more summer. <laughs> Me too. And I heard it's supposed to be, or there's talks about an El Nino year. So I'm like, oh, okay. We'd have more moisture, maybe a blizzard coming, you know, all those things. But oh yes, we need to stay present and stay in the moment mm-hmm. and just enjoy the nice weather right now mm-hmm. uh, while we have it. So yes. absolutely. But um, we're going to be talking today. Dave's got a great story on... Um, Bodie's daughter, right? Yeah. Dave? So this is it, so this is the good news. So I assure you, in the end, it will be a good message. Oh, but this is a I'm very sad story. This is a very very sad story in the beginning, um, and it takes a lot of courage for these people to come and spread this message. So Bodie Miller, he's a Olympian. He's a he's a downhill skier. He's won several medals. Uh, I know he's he was really popular. He's from Colorado. He is an amazing athlete, and he's got this beautiful family. However, on June 9th, um, while his family was all hanging out at their house, uh, his 19-year-old daughter wandered out into the backyard and drowned in the swimming pool. Oh, my goodness. And it's a tragedy. It's very, very hard. I don't, even, I don't like thinking about even this idea. However, earlier this week, Bodie and his wife, um, Morgan... 
came out and they want to start speaking to everybody about it. You know, they, they want to get through their grief, but they want to spread this message about what happened and the things we can do to prevent these types of things. She was super adventurous and she had no fear. It's she been seven gone. weeks since Bodie and Morgan Miller lost their precious baby girl, Emmy. Her room sits untouched. This cannot be easy. Why did you want to get the word out? I think it does in some way help to heal a little bit that maybe we're preventing it from happening to somebody else. It began as a normal Saturday. Morgan, her two sons, and 19-month-old Emmy were at a neighbor's house. The boys were right next to us, and Emmy would go back and forth, which was all of 15 feet. And all of a sudden, it was just too quiet for me. And I said, where's Emmy? And I turned around, and the door that leads to the backyard that was closed had this tiny sliver of light coming through the side. And my heart sank, and I opened the door, and she was floating in the pool. And I ran, and I jumped in. Morgan pulled Emmy from the water and started CPR while her neighbor called 911. There's not a day that goes by that I don't pray for the opportunity to go back to that day and make it different. They want other parents to be vigilant and to know drowning is the leading cause of unintentional death in children ages one through four. It's the number one way that you could potentially lose your kid. The Millers are expecting a new baby in October, and they say it's their older children who have guided them through their darkest days. When they talk about her, they always have a smile on their face, and it allows us to bring our focus back to the things we still have to be incredibly grateful for. Oh, Savannah, I mean, it's, it's crushingly sad. Um, you have to be grateful, though, that they're telling the story. Well, I think it shows a lot of grace that in the depths of their grief, they're willing to sit down and do an interview. And they just want to shout it from the rooftops so that every parent knows to take this seriously. Everybody thinks they know about water safety. Oh, I've got a fence. I've got a this. We just need to change our mindset entirely and become more vigilant about wa water of all kinds, whether it be a pool or a puddle or a, a mop bucket that you leave out. So, yes, very sad story, and I know, uh, you know, it's a tragedy, and that's terrible, but uh, we've been talking about the things that we can do and the, the bricks that we build up every single day. You know, yesterday we were talking about that when we build our house every single day, um, and sometimes it's easy to say, hey, let's stay positive, let's do this, you're great, let's do this, and other times, obviously, for uh, we've all not been through something this tragic, but we all been through our through our trials and then we have to keep building every single day despite that and I think that's what is really important about this message and then plus obviously raising awareness about this thing and this leading cause of you know, it takes children away from their parents all the time. And so it's something that you we should all be aware of. Absolutely. I have a friend um, whose daughter almost drowned in the um, in the public swimming pool. And uh, she survived, but not without complication. So she is not the same as she was before. Mm -hmm. And I know um, my friend as as a mom, especially, lives with that guilt. And, and I heard that in this uh, in this news story about, you know, I, I look back and I think, how could I do it differently? What would I have changed? And um, 
I think we, we as women especially tend to live in that place, whether it's big tragedy or just something we said that day that wasn't kind. But um, I don't think that we always, like the way we imagine changing it, it might not turn out the way it is in our mind anyway. So what I'm getting at is we can't live in that guilt, although it's got to be, I mean, just suffocating grief to lose a child like that. Um, but I, I'm saying we shouldn't live in that space of like, how could I have done it differently? Um, because it just is shames yourself and beats yourself. Absolutely. Up, you know? Absolutely. I see a real positive um, side to this story in hearing it. And that is that in, in the midst of such dismal grief that this family is going through right now, which I can't even imagine such a loss on that level, they are taking that and they are using it to educate people on water safety, to keep Emmy's spirit alive and positive, and to just make the best of a very, very, very sad inconceivable situation. Mm -hmm. So I give them a lot of credit. I mean, that speaks to their character as human beings. And it speaks to their, as in the midst of this, as positively as you can grieve. Right. That is a positive way to grieve. Yeah. That's what the reporter said. It was grace. They, they, they really show their grace. Yes. When, when and it's a good word for it. Right. They're granting grace. I just I'm a firm believer that the best way to get past the situation uh, the grief like this is to do exactly what they're doing because I think I mean it, it's it seems so impossible to do but at the same time um, it's so therapeutic to help others and to know that you're doing good in the world and preve preventing other kids from potentially drowning um, and for me like I hate all I don't mean to always talk about my divorce, but it changed my life quite a bit. Um, and for me, that's been the one, the, one of the major things that's helped me get through it, being able to help others um, mm -hmm. who were headed in a similar situation or going through a similar situation. Um, good on them. Yeah, well, and I've heard that divorce is very equivalent to grief or losing somebody like mm -hmm. to a death. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is a very similar process. And so, you know, you went through a huge life change, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, that impacted mm -hmm. you and, uh, and transformed you. Mm -hmm. But you were positive and you kept God in sight through all of that. Not to say that you probably didn't have really bad days, but you, um, you were sharing your story and you're, you're helping others and there's power in sharing our stories and there's healing for us. It's yes. kind of like talking to a, a, a shrink, you know, like right. just sharing your story right. and getting that off your chest and sharing what happened. And I mean, I, I think of her recounting that story about her daughter in the pool, but I think there's some healing going on as she talks through Absolutely. How hard that was. Absolutely. No, that they're definitely to be commended. And in I'm I'm a critical care ICU trauma nurse, so I've uh seen and gone through and watched a lot of families grieve. And you you grieving is something I've learned this just through my history of being in that job position. It's not something that anybody plans or that you have a plan for or that you can say how I'm going to do it. Right. So when you do come across somebody like this family that is doing it in this positive way of spreading 
education and keeping it in a positive light with what they can remember. I'm sure they have the other side too, but at least having little pockets of that, that really is something that is to be a lesson for all of us to kind of carry forward in our head. And you, but you really can't predict how you are going to handle something. You can think this or that, but until that type of whatever comes upon you comes upon you, you really don't know. Right. And, and uh, so it's, it's not to be passed. I always don't pass judgment on how people grieve no. and or how long they grieve. That's what I was going to say. Um, the time be- is different yeah, for everybody. Yeah, because it's different. I have a friend that I lived with in Saudi Arabia for 20 years. She's a dear friend of mine. She lost her mother. And for two years, this woman grieved her mother. Mm-hmm. It was just, and that's how long it took. Right. And I just really learned you don't put judgment on other people's grief you know mm-hmm. it's just not your place to put it right. but that is so true it's a it's a different space everyone's different you've got to take your time you've got to let god come in and um allow you to heal and to turn to him and say okay i don't know if this is a six-month journey or a three-year journey or how long this is going to be but you know I'm with you. I'm taking your hand. Right. I'm walking in faith. I'm not going to look at that big mountain ahead because there could be some twists and turns that you take me around the mountain and we don't have to go up to the top. And, mm-hmm. you know, just trusting uh, him to heal your heart during and that time. losses is a part of life. We all will take this journey. It is. This is not uh, somebody else's journey. <laughs> it's going to be all of our journeys uh-huh. because we all will have losses. Right. This side of sure. heaven. And the good news. And I mean, I hate to say the good news because I am one who would much rather have tea parties than, you know, chestings. But <laughs> the good news in any type of grief, whether it's divorce or a loss of a loved one or you're grieving, um, you know, a relationship that you lost, friendships, you know, anything that you're grieving in life. The good news is that um, God takes those those moments and um, he he turns them into good. He shows you that there is joy and laughter after mourning and um, there is there is something in grief that changes you and makes you stronger um, by you know experiencing that so for example I mean this is a totally simple example but in real estate um, I have learned more from my mistakes in real estate and that has made me a better agent mm-hmm. to think ahead. To, but I would never be that person, that agent, thinking that far ahead or stronger in my business if I didn't experience those. So that is like a total way off from the story. You know, I mean, they're two, totally two. And I'm not trying to. I was thinking to, that a couple days ago in a conversation, too. All the yes. real estate connects to life. How <laughs> real estate connects to life. So not taking anything away from this huge story. But it molds us the things that we go through um, when we're happy we don't always remember God you know we're like we're good we're happy thank you God for blessing me and then boom something comes into your life right. it's just so big mm-hmm. and it, it, it has not I mean the only thing you can do is look up and you can turn to God and um, it changes you as a person for the better so when you come out the other side you're stronger you're wiser and and I hate to say that I'd want to take on those mistakes but I don't think I would be the realtor the mm-hmm, person mm-hmm. that I am today Absolutely. if I didn't have those. There's a saying that's coming to my head that um, speaks to that in a beautiful way and it's out of our in in our anger we wound others. Mm, yeah. Out of our brokenness we learn to love others. 
And I am so thankful that I have been broken in my life to a level that I have the amount of love I have for other people and the amount of love I have for God and knowing him on that level. That has been such a character-building, changing place in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for my brokenness. Mm -hmm. Not like I'd wish that on anybody else, but out of that, I have become a much different person. Yes. And I'm thankful for that. You learn so much through the roller coaster. I think of um, now having children that I get to teach all, you know, every day. And I just feel like, goodness gracious, like the Lord has made me the perfect parent for these kids. With all (laughs) the stuff that that I have gone through, good and bad, it's helped me to guide my children and be a source of information for them. And I couldn't have learned it without the ups and the downs. Exactly. And... That is where real life lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't want to know life without knowing both sides like this because it just feels so much better. Yeah, I appreciate all my good things now in my life so much more because I've had, I haven't always had this. Mm-hmm. But I want the easy the way. I want, I just want to come out like my friend Alan Arnold said uh, on a podcast. He said, do you want refinement or relief? And I'm like, uh, relief. I'll raise my hand to relief, right? I, I don't want, I don't want to go through the fire. Like, just yeah. make me a diamond, God. Come on. <laughs> so, um, so I get what you're saying. Like, we have to do that in order to get there because you wouldn't appreciate it. Right. But can't we just appreciate it and get to the other side? Like, I want the relief part right, of it. You right, know? right, right. Come on. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm an older soul talking about this. I mean, I wouldn't have said these things to you maybe when I was 16. I wouldn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. I, could, I couldn't conceptualize what I'm speaking about now. Right, right. And I don't think you do conceptualize that until you grow through some aches and pains. And then you kind of say, okay, I get it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Looking back, yes, now I'm thankful. Well, now you have to remember that we're a sum total of every experience, mm-hmm. whether it's good, bad, boring, exciting, whatever it is, all of those things add up to what you are today. And it's going to be different next week, next month, next year, because of all the other things that you're still adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. And, but like you said, it's the, the bad parts, the hard parts that actually temper us mm-hmm. and make us stronger and make us more wise and make us sharper and make us better at our jobs and better at everything, better at teaching our kids how to cope with things. And, you know, it's like we learn about, you know, and you hate to say it, though, um, when you've had parents that didn't exactly live up to your expectations, not that everyone does, but some <laughs> people's parents are worse than others. But you think, as long as I don't do it like that, uh, you can learn off their mistakes and, That's you know, true. don't do it like that. Don't do it like that. And not that you're not going to make other mistakes, but as long as you keep trying to do it the right way and keep going, then that's what really the the whole equation adds up to is to this something that that does strive every day to be closer to God and to help the people around us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to be jumping up and down going, yay, I'm in this, God. We're, we're transforming here. We're going to be better. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be wiser. So, um, yes. And just like a, a previous earlier in the week, we talked about, you know, building building uh, your house and building it wisely. And so as we take these experiences and and we shelf those away and okay, that's, we're gonna put that in the library and we're gonna use that, like Dave says, um, at another time, or we're gonna minister to somebody over here and you've got that, you know, resource or reference that you can go to and you can pull from those and and really um, share your story and Mm -hmm. and make an impact Mm -hmm. in others' lives, which is huge. 
Yeah, um, I'd like to say for those people listening who are grieving or who are around other people who are grieving and witnessing that grief, you have to remember that grief is a, it is a process and it's kind of like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down, but like the further are you further are you out further out that you are from you know the thing that caused you to grieve your your grief your pits of grief will be less deep and less profound and you'll be able to get out of them quicker you will and if but you, you will have them but they will you will you have it. to go through them but you can let god set the pace of your healing too mm-hmm. hey you're listening to the good news i hope we encouraged you today uh angieaustinradio.com if you want to connect with any of us or angie austin and we'll be back with the good news Good news of Jesus for you in High Definition Radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does uh, ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. The ARC special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love... Arc. There is so much fun stuff to do at the YMCA of the Rockies this summer, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, we are celebrating our first summer at the Spruce Saddle Adventure Park, featuring a zip line, rock climbing, slack lines, and a pendulum swing, all part of a unique playground designed to ignite the spirit of even the youngest adventurers. The Spruce Saddle Adventure Park is located right next to our famous summer tube hill and our world-class dog park. YMCA has made Snow Mountain Ranch the place where the entire family can adventure together. YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to snowmountainranch.org. Fill your summer with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Book your stay at snowmountainranch.org today. Thanks so much for joining us for this encore portion of The Good News with Angie Austin. Radio personality GIF is here. We're going to talk about things that you need to start doing in your relationships. And there's one that he's working on right now. Welcome, GIF. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm doing well. You don't like one of my favorites, which is show everyone kindness and respect. You're like, oh, give me a break on that one, Angie. But. I was being sar- I was being sarcastic and not showing you kindness nor respect, right. and in uh, in a completely missed. So, <laughs> well, I sorry. Talk about one that I I, I have an example from our workplace because you and I worked together uh, mm-hmm. a few years back. Give people you don't know a fair chance. I think so many of us judge people 
even, you know, you know me, I'm a Christian and I'm not supposed to judge people. Don't judge a book by its cover. So one of the guys that we worked with and his name is Shark. I have to tell you, whenever I would go into the studio, it reeked of smoke (laughs) or sunglasses. He had really long hair and he had a jean jacket and I figured he drove a Harley and I figured like, oh gosh, this guy again. I have to tell you, once I started talking to him and befriending him, I fell in love with this guy. I mean, not literally, that kind of love. I just really enjoyed him. Yes, he probably is some old stoner from the 70s, and he loves rock yeah. music and whatever. We're the antithesis of each other, and he has the sweetest heart, and I just so enjoyed having conversations with him, even though he did leave that cigarette smell in the studios. I, I How much of that? Uh, I, I know what you mean, because I know Shark well, and every time he, I know he's in the building just because I can smell a cigarette smoke. <laughs> and, and, I, and it's like, and you know, I've talked to Shark. He's a great guy. Uh, and, I, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And I never really looked at him as anything other than, you know, we work in radio and we work with a whole lot of really weird oh, people. Yeah, we do. So, so everybody gets a fair chance because, you know, if, if you're going to start pointing fingers, you know, you got two eyes that are pointing back at you. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, so. and I think you're right. No, I worked in TV. So it was like, um, uh, pe- cardboard people with like um, helmet hair. You know what I mean? Like we were all alike. We all yep. looked alike. We all dressed alike. We did our hair alike. We did our makeup alike. And if you turn on the TV, they're very much alike. When I started working with you at that particular uh, organization, I, I was shocked at how at the characters that walked in and out of those rooms. I mean, radio is full of characters. They look different, smell different, you know, act differently. And I yeah. just, that was a lesson to me with Shark that someone that is so different from yourself could end up being one of your favorite colleagues. Uh, yeah, well, I think it give people a fair chance. I mean, I, I've just grown up. I've been in, you know, radio for 30 years, you and TV. And I, I've just seen way too many weirdos. And we're all weirdos. I think that's why we yeah. do what we do. We, right. uh, you know, it's like moths to a flame. We just all kind of gravitate to where we feel we're comfortable. And, uh, I, you know, I was always the weird one because, you know, I showered every day and didn't have bad vices. And, <laughs> you know, it was like, and, you know, they, he doesn't have a big fat ego. And I wasn't impressed with myself. I was the weirdo. <laughs> so it was yeah, just kind of strange. Yeah, we never really got egos in either. I, I didn't nah. do that. I always knew I was replaceable. So, okay, so the things that you need to do in your relationships, what are the ones that one or two that stand out to you? Because it's a list of 20 here. Yeah, well, no, this one jumped out at me, and I thought this was a different take on things that I've heard that I've that I've read before, and it's uh, forgive people and move forward. And uh, we always talk about forgiveness, and it's something that I really battle with on a regular regular basis. And uh, I liked what they said. It, this says it says, "Don't live your life with hate in your heart. You'll end up hurting yourself more than you uh, more than the people you hate." And this is the part that got me. Forgiveness is not saying what you did to me is okay. It is saying. I'm not going to let what you did to me ruin my happiness. And I I know I get hung up on the forgiveness part because sometimes what they've done to you is not okay. And I can't get past that. And and it's uh, the forgiveness that you find in yourself to go, you know what? It is what it is. And and that's what I'm reading out of this. And it kind of hit me as being, okay, I get it. It's, you know, I'm forgiving for myself um, so I don't beat myself up. I, you know, as much as I do, because sometimes things are unforgivable. I, you know, unless you just, you can walk on water and turn water into wine. I don't know how you couldn't have that in your head. And, and right now I think it's really important because this country is wound around the axle so tight. I can't believe it. Um, but 
there's so much hate in people's hearts that I don't understand it. I don't understand where it came from because I don't feel that way. No. I don't let things like this take over my life. I and agree. and I just I just don't understand how you can just completely go un you could just become crazy about uh you know all of this that's going on. I with you know, I got bigger problems in my house, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a big fan of forgiveness, and I've moved on in a lot of cases because I do believe sometimes people change. My, You know, my dad and I, um, we are back in each other's lives, and it was like a 35 years where we really didn't have much contact. And I got the added benefit of my stepmom, who is delightful and is so kind and loving to me, and she listens to the show all the time and just, I don't know, I just think she's super neat. And so um, that's been great for me. And my dad is a really great grandpa. He calls the kids every weekend, and they just adore him. So that's been a wonderful thing for me. And that's just been in the last like four or five years. But in terms of forgiveness, you don't have to, uh, when you forgive them, you're not saying what they did was okay, but you're really, like you said, forgiving for yourself. Um, But I have been able to really move on and almost forget. Now for me, what I've found with forgiveness in my life is if the person picks the scab off again, then is nasty again, or somehow not uh, conciliatory or um, not, doesn't respect the fact that hey I really overcame a lot with you I forgave a lot then it can reignite the anger but um, so far right now I don't have any of that in my life but there were some situations and relationships where I had to re-forgive over and over again because the pain was brought up in some way or the grievance was you know uh, was done again to me or whatever sure I yeah no no it, it, it makes total sense I'm just sitting here pondering at what point do you stop and just unload that baggage out of your life? I know. You know, because if it keeps happening, and, and that's a big question that I, I, you know, I deal with, everybody deals with. It's like, you know, I've forgiven you 10 times, and now I'm starting to feel like a fool for doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, that negativity that you don't need. I don't know how to deal with it, you know? Well, that's why, that's, that's... <laughs> well, I think we should continue this topic, and because there are quite a few... Uh, in this list of 20 things you can do to improve your relationship. And we are talking about a big list that I found on this website, Mark and Angel Hack Life. They've got really cool things on the website. And it's 20 things to start doing in your relationships. We talked about forgiveness last time. We talked, talked about being kind to others, uh, giving people you don't know a fair chance, uh, showing kindness and respect. And Gift, did any of these stand out to you as uh, something that you think would improve relationships or that is a pet peeve of yours or you think are just totally useless? <laughs> no, no, they they all are. It's just, yeah, you, you know, you got to turn it around and go, well, how's this? Oh, my gosh, they all fit me. This is crazy. I messed up. It's like 20 of them and you go, okay. But, uh, you know, things that I really believe in, and uh, this is a big one that I, that I read, was the uh, pay attention to who your real okay. friends okay. are. And, and I will tell you, this is uh, something for the kids. And I know all parents uh, probably deal with this. Um, you know, um, well, I have two daughters. And uh, one of them, the social aspect of life was really not terribly important. You know, she just kind of went on living her life and she was comfortable within her own skin. And then her uh, sister, who is five years younger, was just the complete polar opposite. Uh, it was really important to her what other people thought of her. The more friends you have, the better off you are. And while my older one just had a couple of good friends that are still her friends to this day out of high school, which was, I don't know, 13 years ago, um, my younger, Lauren, she doesn't have any friends from high school because she was, uh, you know, she was into 
she was she was just into being liked and and there's a real uh, you know, an insecurity issue that's going on there. And that is one of the things that I kept telling her over and over again. I said, honey, I'm, I'm, you know, 50, whatever years old. And I said, I literally have one or maybe two really good friends that I trust implicitly. Yeah. The, re- the rest of your real friends are my yeah. brother-in-law says, if you have five good friends in your life, by the time you die, that is saying something. If you can count them on one hand. Exactly right. Those are the people that you're going to choose to spend your most the most time with and those that know the most about you, you know, your secrets and everything else. Why do you want to spread that around? And, I, you know, I, I look at it like a relationship with my wife. I have one wife. I, I don't I don't need two or three or whatever to fulfill myself. Yeah. I have one wife. I have one very, very good friend, my best friend that's been my friend for 35 years now. And we've had ups and downs like relationships do with right. a, when you're married. But I, yeah, I can't divide myself up that much. And then I've got some other very close and dear friends. Um, uh, but it's not that many. And, I, you know, in kids today, for some odd reason, and I don't know if it's social media that does it, it's just all about uh, quantity instead of quality. And it ended up really, she's, uh, my youngest is 24. And uh, my gosh, you know, she's an honor student, Dean's List, uh, graduating college here uh, next month, has a great job. But the insecurities with relationships just blow me away when I go, who are your really who are your friends and who can you really count on? And when she looks at me and goes, you know, I, I, I don't have anybody that I would really, really count on. And I'm like, going, oh, my gosh. Mine got me through so much nonsense. It's ridiculous. But there was only one or two. She has that family foundation. That's what I was just telling my son the other day when there was a little friendship snafu when he's just in fifth grade. And I said, look, your parents are married. You've got your Christian faith. You're a great athlete. You're good. You do well in school. You've got a really um, great extended family uh, foundation. So whenever you have problems out there, you always have us here. And a lot of kids don't have that kind of foundation that you have at home. So you always have us to turn to. So that's a huge blessing. Now, when you talk about the friends that are good, um, I like the tip that says um, stay in better touch with people who truly matter to you. I am guilty of not keeping in touch with people who are important to me because I get too busy in my own life that I don't let them know or keep up that relationship. I think real friends understand that because they're in the same position and and I do it too. I've gone I've gone 4 or 5 months without talking to my best friend and and he lives 2 miles away from you mind you. But uh, you know, I'll pick up the phone and go, "We need coffee." And and uh, we'll get together for coffee, and it's like we see each other every single day. And he'll right. and you know we just compare notes and go, wow, life is just spinning around my head like crazy. And I you know you get it, you understand, because <laughs> it's not teenage relationships where they go, well, they're not talking to me anymore. I don't know why they're not talking to me. Have you talked to them about it? Well, no. Right, <laughs> it's like, right. oh my gosh, you're giving me a headache. Thank it's goodness like, for that. Well, and I, yeah. the other thing I was teaching my son about friendships, you know, they always be loyal. I said, right now you're building up um, like a bank of goodness. And in that bank, every time (laughs) your parents, I'm sorry, your friends or your friend's parents see you do the right thing, uh, that you're honest, like the other Uh, kid got uh, got caught lying at school and all the other kids knew he lied because they saw what he did. 
Well, they built up a bank of knowing that the kid is a liar. You know what I mean? So you're building up a bank of um, your history with your classmates. So then they know if you're a person of character when you're in high school and you say you don't want to do um, drugs or you don't want to go along with the kids who are going to get in trouble after school or whatever it is. And then the kids know that, like, you are a kid of character. And if they stick with you, that they're on the right track. So you're building up history with them. That is so funny that you would say that. If you got uh, time for a quick story, yeah, uh, yeah. Two, two, two weeks ago, I um, uh, my next door neighbor's dad passed away, and he lives in uh, he lived in North Dakota, and uh, they were all up there for a week, and I just went, I have to go to his funeral. I know the man, I met the man, and I I drove from you know in Colorado, I, dr- I drove seven hundred and fifty miles to go to his funeral. Uh, because my friend means that much to me, yes. and his dad also meant something to me. But during the uh, uh, during the service, the the priest was saying, he goes, you know, when you get to heaven, he goes, you'll find some mansions, some very big mansions, and then you'll find some cottages. And the reason there are cottages there is those people didn't invest enough time in their bricks of goodness to build a mansion. So he wanted to tell us about make sure that you're always building you're always building your mansion here on earth. So when you get to heaven and I, I know it's all metaphorical, but it, it, what you just said is exactly right. You're you're doing good things and building bricks for, you know, later on uh, when you pass on to somewhere else. And it just hit me. It was one of those things that I'm sitting there going, I, you know, I had just driven 750 miles and, and everything else in, in a day and was going to drive on home. And I was like sat there and I kind of felt I felt really good. I was like going, this is one of my bricks. Um, I did it for myself. Uh, I did it for my friend who care very, very much about. And when I walked in the door of his dad's house, he turned around and went, what are you doing here? And I said, there is no way I was going to let you not have, you know, one of your friends up here to support you and your dad. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, and all of a sudden everybody's crying. And I'm like, I like it that you said it's like building up a wall too. Like I'm like, putting. it's not like we were trying to be loved more or be more important. No. As a kid, you're building up your credibility. Your, your, your character is being built through all of these good uh, deeds or you proving to your friends uh, that you are a decent person and a good friend to them. All right. Time. Thank you, my friend. Oh, I'm so happy to do it. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would 
love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here. Will summer travel? Don't you really like those two words together? If you do like summer travel, and hello, most of us do, then you'll love our next guest who has expert advice on getting the most for your money when traveling this summer. Lee Abamonte. He's a travel expert and writer and the youngest American to visit every country in the world. Well, that's exciting, Lee. What a cool moniker to have behind your name. Yeah, it beats like being a professional knitter or something like that, right? <laughs> right. Yes, I love that. All right, so in terms of getting the most for our money, what are some of your top tips? Well, number one, just kind of be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what you're getting into. You know, know the exchange rate and know basically what things cost and, you know, figure out where you can save money. And then I always say layer that on top of uh, to alleviate cost, um, a credit card that gives you rewards or potentially cash back like the Bank of America premium rewards credit card uh, where you can earn two points for every dollar spent on travel and dining purchases and up in 1.5 points for every other dollar spent on the card. And additionally, you could actually layer that on top of of, uh, a banking account with Bank of America where you can earn up to 3.5 points per dollar spent on travel and dining. So that can really add up and then you can alleviate some of the cost of travel like hotels and airlines and, and everything else that comes along. So that's basically what I do to, to keep costs down um, on top of research. Basically just be knowledgeable and that's how you save money. All right. Now, uh, not everyone can visit every country like, you know, you were able to do at such a young age. Uh, So for those who are inspired by your story but can't travel as often or visit every country, what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, determine what you want to do and then work toward that as a goal. For instance, uh, 61% of Americans say they actually do plan to travel this year uh, for either business or pleasure this summer. And of the 41% uh, that don't, they say that cost is the reason. So basically, that tells me that people have to work toward their goal. They have to work toward keeping the cost down. And uh, you can do that in a variety of ways. Basically, save your money and, you know, work toward a goal. Don't spend it on stupid stuff and maximize uh, points and rewards to keep keep costs down. But always have your eye on the prize, basically, because, yeah, not everyone can afford to travel. But at the same time, travel is a lot cheaper than people think it is if you're smart about it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. How about favorite summer travel destinations? And do you have any travel stories which come to mind uh, involving those uh, favorite locations? Well, I grew up in uh, Connecticut, and we grew up going to the Jersey Shore, a place called Stone Harbor, uh, which I still love to this day. And uh, now I usually go to Dewey Beach, Delaware for the summer as my kind of local beach destination. Um, And, you know, it's like one of those things. We think summer travel, a lot of times, especially on the East Coast, we go to places that we've been going to our whole lives. And, you know, there's something really rewarding for that. Um, But at the same time, I also tell people that they should really branch out and go 
check out new places and take advantage of the summer in other places like Europe along the Mediterranean. Uh, you know, that's one of those things. It's a bucket list uh, places for, for a lot of people. And that makes a lot of sense to me to, to, to branch out and do different things and see other cultures and try other foods um, or even go someplace really crazy like Southeast Asia and um, where it's as cheap as anywhere in the world. But you can't do it unless you actually take the plunge and, and get out there and do it. So my favorite travel stories have to do with the unknown and uh, because everything's a story because everything's new to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Love that. All right. I'm writing down Southeast Asia. Good bargains. All right. Let's talk about research because you've got a plan and, you know, book and, you know, try to you put some thought into going someplace further, maybe than for you, the Jersey Shore or Delaware. So what are some of your top tips when you start researching? Well, research is so important, like you just said, and I always say research, 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 because you can never have enough information. And I always say research to figure out what you can do, what you want to do, but then always leave time for the unknown. So things that you didn't see on the Internet or that somebody tells you once you get there. So don't live your life by a strict schedule, but know what you want to spend money on and do and know what you can do. Maybe that's the reach, but at the same time, have flexibility to do things or to spend longer, excuse me, in a place than you might have thought because you might like it more or maybe you like something less and you want to move on to the next place. So have some flexibility, but do your research in advance to know what your options are. Well, and that goes along, too, with, you know, the deals and the credit cards and rewards programs. Um, I use them as well. So, again, just kind of a a little snippet on the best uh, credit cards and rewards programs for summer travel, in your opinion. Uh, Yeah, as I mentioned, the Bank of America Premium Rewards credit card gives you the flexibility to choose how you redeem your points. You can redeem for cash back, so you actually get cash for the spending that you're already doing. Or, as I mentioned, you can get two points for every dollar spent on travel and dining purchases, which add up really quickly. And then you can use those points for travel to keep costs down with airlines and hotels or whatever else you want to spend money on. And, of course, layering it with, with bank accounts so you can really take advantage of uh, bonuses and then you can get credits toward TSA pre-check or global entry or, or travel insurance or airline incidentals. There's a lot of ways you can you can layer that and take advantage of the maximum amount that credit cards allow. Excellent. Where do we go for more info? Absolutely. For more information, check out bankofamerica.com slash get more rewards. Excellent. Thank you, Lee. Anytime, Angie. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.